This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The positional preview shows conclude tonight with the 2023 wide receiver class taking a very early look at the top wide receivers in college football as the college football season is kicking off week zero, week one, whatever you want to call it. And then obviously Labor Day weekend is when things really get kicking off with a lot of major matchups. Here to break it down tonight with me is Mr. Jeff Abercrombie. Jeff, welcome back. We've been doing the positional preview shows. You joined me for the running back one. Quarterbacks and tight ends were next. Really excited to have you back here for the wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I I want to say thank you for uh, giving me a pass on some of the hardest positions to scout. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, again, I'm no uh, self-proclaimed, you know, receiver expert as well. You know, I definitely have dug in on running backs a lot more through my time, but uh, I've got a few notes of color to add and, um, some nice uh, all 22 uh, notes, so, which were, were great to kind of see as far as like releases go. So um, excited to actually really hear what you've got to say and um, and hopefully see where we differ or see where we're the same and and just kind of get a heat check on where these guys are for the start of kickoff of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And the wide receiver position every single year continues to be a surplus of really talented players. You know, we're seeing guys right now, rookies in training camp and preseason who are lighting it up. Really excited to see those rookies. And every year it seems like the wide receiver position continues to be deep and deep. And I think that 2023 class will be no different. So let's kind of jump right in. If you've been watching these positional preview shows on our YouTube stream over at the Saturday to Sunday YouTube channel, uh, you have noticed that we have been screen sharing the scouting profiles from the 2023 scouting notebook that will be released next week. So there'll be a lot of information coming out on that about how to purchase that. But this gives you a little snapshot of what our initial scouting report looks like. Obviously, things will change dramatically during the season, after the season, months leading up to the pre-draft process, uh, leading up to that 2023 NFL draft. But this is a way, if, you, if you're someone who's watching on the YouTube stream, you get an opportunity to see some of those scouting notes as well as we're talking about the player. So let me kind of cue that up here to get the, 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 that showing in the background here uh, with Jeff and I. And you will be able to see, as we're talking about certain players, you will be able to see the scouting report from the scouting notebook uh, yet to be released, but very soon to be released. So let's get started tonight with Jordan Addison. Now playing for USC, formerly of Pittsburgh. He's a junior. He's six feet tall. He's 180 pounds. This is a guy that, yeah, he's undersized a little bit, especially in terms of that frame, but he's got good athleticism and long speed, very good to great acceleration, burst, explosiveness, short area and separation quickness. The footwork is really good. The route running, ability to get open in and out of his breaks. He shows yak ability, uh, elusiveness, and 
the capabilities to win at all three levels of the football field. I think he's got good ball skills. He shows body control. He shows the ability to adjust. To me, he's instantaneously a starting receiver in three wide sets. He could be a dynamic punt returner. I think he's probably best as a vertical slot receiver, but I I do think you can make him the outside Z motion wide receiver. I look at him right now. I think he's I think he's a round one, round two guy right now with his, with the capabilities in that USC offense to really even explode more than the 100 reception, 1600 yards, 17 touchdowns he had last year. I think we could even see bigger moments from him, maybe not a statistical output, but I'm really excited about Jordan Addison and what he's going to do there for the Trojans this year. Jeff, and any other things that you saw when you watched him or any concerns you want to bring up before I maybe mention one or two things, you know, that, that I'd like to see him improve upon or develop this year. Sure. And, and I might lead us into things to improve. So, I mean, first impression with Addison is, you know, came in with high expectations, you know, he's, he's a great player. He, you know, made Kenny Pickett look great um, at least for a certain extent, you know, he's got the tools there, right. Um, You can see it you know, you could see it in flashes where he's got really, you know, he sinks his hips right into the break, sudden stops, you know, really sharp movements. Um, but I do think to reach his ceiling, I think we need to see that, um, you know, really develop to a more refined level, right? So whether that's, you know, some footwork and pacing and storytelling in his roots, or um, the other thing I noticed was, you know, hand positioning at the catch point, you know, so to, to be able to catch away from his frame and not into his body. So those are just like two areas that, you know, I think if he developed a little bit further, we could be talking about, you know, I, I know we, he might already be in some people's top three, but for me, you know, I think he'd need to refine those a little bit more uh, to, to kind of hit that top tier of wide receivers we have for this class. Yeah. I think you bring up some, some, things that we want to see improve upon him you know listen he's not gonna be able to do too much about his frame his frame is what it is i think he can maybe add on a little bit of muscle you know show a little bit more play strength he's not gonna be a guy that wins contested catches or he's not gonna be a guy you know that's a physical type receiver i think he's got some focus concentration drops he's got to clean up a little bit you know when he what i'm interested to see this year is last year he mostly lined up in the slot right he didn't have to face much press you know do we see a little bit more variety from where he's lined up this year uh, do we see him against press a little bit more because, or is he going to be a guy who's strictly like a vertical slot receiver at the next level? Or does he have the capability to be that inside outside, right? Everyone thought Elijah Moore was going to be just a slot guy. And he quickly answered the bell in the NFL and, sh- and showed that he could play on the outside last year, even at his smallish size and frame. I think that'll be a question that kind of, you know, is out there with Addison and maybe a couple other guys we're going to talk about tonight too as we get into. So it's going to be kind of interesting to kind of see, you know, how Jordan Addison is utilized in USC. I don't think the statistics can get much better, but I do think there's things that he can do in USC that could elevate his stock a little bit. And I'm kind of excited to see where that lands. So let's keep this moving, go right on to the second player. Um, and that is Keishan Bouti out of LSU, the junior six feet tall, 205 pounds, He's been the guy that's been Debbie Darling for years already. It feels like, you know, average size and frame, but very good to great athleticism, speed, acceleration, explosiveness, and burst. He can win vertically. He's got very good to great body control, ball skills. He shows the ability to 
adjust and high point the football well. He's got great yak ability. I see footwork after the catch, movement skills, and he does the play strength and physicality to also win in that variety as well. To me, he's a guy that last year, I know he only had 38 receptions, 509 yards and nine touchdowns. Some of it was missed time. I think he's going to explode this year. I think he's going to profile as, you know, he's not as refined as Jamar Chase, but if he has a monster year, I think you could see him rise to be in that top 10, top 15, top 20 mix, you know, and he's got the similar size frame as a guy like Jamar Chase, just not the refinement of, of Chase when he was coming out. But, but I do think he offers a lot of similar traits in terms of his high end skills, but there's still a lot more development and growth that needs to be done. Uh, I, I think right now he's probably a lock round one guy. I think he's in the mix to be the first wide receiver taken. Uh, interested to kind of see how this year plays out for him and where he kind of falls with guys like Jackson Smith and the Jigba and a couple other guys obviously we'll talk about tonight in terms of you know where people look at him and value him uh, when we get to the 2023 NFL draft. Jeff, thoughts on him? Uh what you've seen already, areas that maybe you want to see him improve upon. Do you think, you know, the ceiling is maybe the highest for a guy like him? Or, and if so, do you think there's a considerable amount of development that still needs to be done, similar to when we had the conversation about B. John Robinson, you know, on the running back show? Yeah, I don't think there's um, as much, you know, development that I'd need to see in the the realm of what I talked about for Bijan or just what I talked about for Addison. Um, there are a couple things where I don't see as high of a ceiling as say Jamar Chase, which you mentioned. Um, but I do think what he's shown on the field currently in college is bodes well to be able to bring something immediately to an NFL roster. So being a tough after the catch runner who can, you know, run good routes, make quick turns out of his break and get off press with footwork and hand fighting. I think it's already going to play at least in the short to intermediate range of the field where I didn't see him win a lot is isolated on a cornerback one-on-one on the nine route. And, you know, I, I'll be really interested to see what his actual, you know, time speed is, but from a play speed perspective, you know, he wasn't able to really pull away from these DBs, you know, one-on-one or winning leverage. And you don't even always have to be a burner to win, you know, to win on those routes. Um, but you do have to be maybe a little bit craftier to be able to win leverage and position and stack them um, if you're not going to be able to run right by them. So that was the one area of his game that, you know, I think would keep him from that true top five top 10 ceiling that you know we see with some of these other prospects in the last few years yeah and then i think i think i think that might be the case with the wide receivers a couple of guys we're going to talk about tonight i'm not sure they're top 10 i i think they could be maybe get pushed up there but i think this is going to be a really strong class you know in regards to the quarterback so i could see next year maybe we don't have a top eight or top nine receiver but maybe we have a couple that go off it you know in the teens and, and i think uh Boutte is a guy who could be in that mix uh right near the top of it I, i'd like to see him clean up a few things you know i think you make a good point like his time speed i think is fast but at, at times maybe he didn't translate it i think he'll test out really well but i think this year we i'd like to see a few more instances where you know 
the play speed matches what I think he'll be in terms of like a testing environment, in terms of what we I think his athletic profile will be. So it'd be interesting to kind of follow that closely uh, in this upcoming college football season. Let's keep this going. Next up uh, is Gary Bryant Jr. out of USC. He's a junior. He's five foot eleven, hundred and eighty pounds. Uh, another undersized guy, similar, you know, to what we were talking about, you know, Jordan Addison before, but very good athleticism, speed, acceleration, burst, and explosiveness. He can win vertically. He shows very good footwork, yak ability, agility, and elusiveness in the open field. He's got good body control and ball skills with the ability to adjust. He shows good separation quickness with above average route running ability. To me, he's a complementary to starting wide receiver, more in three wide sets. I think he's a vertical slot. He could play some outside Z, especially as being the receiver in motion. But to me, he's not nearly as refined yet as a guy like Jordan Addison. Now he's going to be playing with Jordan Addison. It'll be interesting to kind of see you know, how they're aligned because I think that's where we're going to get some answers this year in terms of Brian and Addison both can't be in the slot, right? Unless they're going consistently four wide and they're and they're both inside. Some of these guys are going to have to play outside, and they've mostly been limited uh, to the slot so far in their careers. And the size, the frame, the play strength, the physicality, dealing with press, all of those things are question marks for Brian, similar to Addison. And we're going to get some answers this year because these guys are either both going to play on the outside or one's going to have to play on the outside a lot more than they have in the past. And I think that's going to help us you know, get a little bit of clarity on, on maybe who could handle outside as well as inside duties. Jeff, any yeah. any questions or, or, or follow-ups? I know Brian's not a guy you've had a chance to, to dig too deep into yet. No, not really on his his own cut up game film. Um, I just one other thought though, there is Mario Williams there too. So you know when we include him into this list, I mean that's obviously three. You know we're putting you know Bryant and um, Addison on this list. Mario Williams coming in the next year um, puts a pretty formidable weapons around you know Caleb Williams. But you know whether it's a metrics crowd looking for a dominator or a breakout. Um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see if, you know, if Bryant's able to um, stand out enough to declare or whether he'd, you know, go for another year or not. Yeah, that's this class, like Bryant's a guy that if Addison doesn't end up there, you might have seen a real breakout statistical type year from him. And now it's more like, okay, is Addison going to be the guy this year? And then next year, maybe if Addison's gone, it's Williams and Brian stepping up to to emerge maybe to the, the, the person with the largest target share. And then maybe he might be a guy that we're talking about a year from now as a guy who is a senior on this list, who is intriguing with, you know, then his teammate Mario Williams will be draft eligible. But the addition of Addison, I think, makes the the questions around Brian, his production this year, his role this year. Uh, and whether or not he ends up declaring down the line, I think legitimate questions that, that we'll have to follow closely here uh, over this college football season. But yeah, as you talked about, USC offense, absolutely loaded. Uh, USC is going to make noise this year throughout the season. Their offensive capabilities is going to be up there with any team in the country. Let's keep this going uh, and, and go to Jermaine Burden. Now of Alabama, formerly of Georgia, he's a junior. He's six feet tall, 200 pounds. Last year, he hit about 500 yards and five touchdowns for Georgia, but only 26 receptions. So he's got a very limited 
uh, sample size in terms of opportunity. And that's one of the biggest concerns, limited production. But what we've been, what we've seen from him has been impressive. He only has average size and frame, but very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, acceleration, and explosiveness to get down the field, win vertically. He's got more size than a couple of the guys we've talked about tonight. He's got above average to good separation quickness, footwork and route running, very good body control, ball skills, and hands with the ability to high point. Again, sample size is small, but he's shown the ability to win at all three levels. He's shown the ability to high point the football, good body control and ball skills. I think he's a guy that this year could really catapult his draft stock uh, into the round one mix. I think he could be the go-to guy there for this Alabama offense, and he's going to get all the opportunity that he's ever wanted after being in that Georgia offense that really kind of limited his target share and opportunity just because of the, the, the offensive scheme they run and the power run game that they have. Uh, with Bryce Young, you know, behind uh, center at the quarterback position and the, the pro- prolific Alabama offense, Burden's going to get an opportunity this year to really explode lots of areas that he's got to work on, expand his route tree, uh, you know, show the ability to beat press consistently. So there's things about his game I'd like to see a little bit better in terms of yak ability. I think it's about, about average. You don't see a lot of agility and make you miss in the open field too much, more just straight line speed. Uh, you know, but but I think I think he could rise to the occasion this year. Jeff, thoughts on Burden? I know not a lot of film, right? 26 catches. So So a lot of this is projecting off of what the limited we've seen of him. Yeah. And you, you know, you have to kind of dig deep to find, you know, good cutups, but uh, you know, when I, and again, not always the best angles, but you know, what I did get to see, I was very impressed with, like, I actually, I expect big things this year. Um, you mentioned it with the, you know, athleticism, but it's the way that it translates to me and the way that he's able to use it as a weapon and a tool in, in the skills aspect of his game so again very good play speed but he uses that to attack the position and of the db and break them down on their spot and then has very quick sudden breaks to just then teleport you know out into uh into open space and get some separation and winning those routes um so you know i think from a route running perspective from you know a quickness and athleticism perspective and, and again the way that he's understanding how to use that, you know, as an advantage um, to attack uh, DBs rather than just try to, you know, win over them, get around them, um, I think has, it, you know, shows a pretty advanced um, understanding of of uh, how to play the receiver position. So I, I do think there's big things in store for him. Maybe one nitpicking area of improvement is I think the physicality. Um Again, pretty hard to say whether that's going to show up or not. But you know, really, the biggest the biggest thing that we'd be looking for is is a true breakout. Yeah, and and you know, listen, a couple of years ago, Matt and I constantly talked about like how did Georgia let Justin Fields get out of that building, right, and out of that team. I think Burden's going to be another one of those guys, not maybe at the level of Justin Fields, who I think could have brought Georgia a national title a couple of years ago if they would have, you know, been more willing to move on from from Jake Fromm and stuff. But Burden is a guy, is another guy. Like you let him leave and head to Alabama. Like I understand Georgia's had a ton of success, won the national title last year, like right up there again. But like Burden's another one of those guys, like you had him in your building. 
and now he's up against your arch you know now he's with your arch enemy like it's going to be interesting to follow this because you know i could i i can't wait to watch that matchup in, it, that individual matchup you know when when georgia plays alabama to to see burden versus former team it, it's going to be fun to watch him uh go against them uh Let's keep this going and go up to next to Dante Dimas Jr. out of Maryland. He's a redshirt senior. He's six foot three, two hundred and thirteen pounds. Uh, he, he suffered a serious knee injury last year, so he only played five games, but really productive five games, uh, over five hundred yards, three touchdowns. This is a guy who's got very good size and frame. I would say he's probably got above average athleticism and speed. He's not a burner. Uh, good footwork and burst to create separation vertically especially late separation which i think is so important uh you know for for guys that don't have that blazing speed good play strength and physicality i like the body control ball skills he shows good catch radius with the ability to high point to win contested catches uh some inconsistent production at his time in maryland i think that's part of that's the 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 maryland offense he can expand his route tree a little bit and obviously uh, coming back from that serious knee injury. And also for me, I'd like to see him handle press coverage and physicality in press coverage a little bit better. But I, I think his ceiling uh, is pretty high if he could show he's over that injury. Because like I talked about, that late separation is, is what I really like about Demas's game. He's not a burner, uh, but he finds a way to get open vertically down the field. I'm intrigued with him as a guy who could be an outside X or Z receiver that can get vertical. I think he's got complimentary to starting outside receiver upside to be a top three on the depth chart. Uh, I think there's a big year for him. They really show that that injury is behind him. And then obviously the pre-draft process, the medicals, all that stuff is going to be important for him coming off, uh, you know, an injury that forced him to kind of go back to college for one more year. Yeah. And maybe just a quick thought here too, just to kind of, you know, add in, you know, my color, I think you, you summed it up really well. You talked about his body control and ability to high point, you know, something that really jumped out to me, his ability to attack the ball in the air. And I do think uh, his route running ability is going to allow him um, to potentially even be maybe the better wide receiver on his own team, which, you know, I mean, there's, there's talent there. Um, And we see that sometimes, right. Sometimes we see, you know, in the, you know, their final year, you know, someone take a, maybe a step over their, uh, their peers, you know, Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave kind of, you know, come to mind. Um, so I, I do think you're right. Um, as far as what he'd like to address and with the injury um, and, and being fully healthy. Um, but if that's the case, I do think uh, he still has to overcome some of the offensive concerns as well you know from behind center and and the overall offensive scheme but i think there's going to be enough there that he could put on good film yeah i you know right now i know he's the talk of the nfl and he's a hot dynasty item but i think there are some similarities to gabriel davis when gabriel davis was coming out of ucf it's been a couple years but like he wasn't a burner but he can he could win vertically down the field like there there are some things about Davis's game especially if he hits and he shows he's back from injury you know i think he's in that round three round four mix right now like if he has a good year and, and the injury is not an issue and that's kind of that same range that gabriel davis was going uh davis didn't play you know he there were some quarterback issues at, at times there too so it'll be interesting to kind of see where where Demas goes there's a lot of 
talent at the wide receiver position, though, for Maryland. So that's another one similar to what we were talking about with USC. They have three guys that are really of entry. We'll talk about another one a little bit later tonight. Uh, but but they're deep there and and very talented and skilled at that receiver core. Uh, so we'll be interested to kind of see how that settles itself out. Let's keep this going with another one of the big names in this wide receiver class, and that is Josh Downs out of UNC. He's a junior. He's 5'10". He's 175 pounds, similar to Jordan Addison earlier, over 100 catches last year, over 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. Another guy, very undersized, but very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, acceleration, explosiveness. He can get vertical as well. Very good to great suddenness, footwork, separation quickness, movement skills, yak ability, agility, and elusiveness. He's a good route runner. He shows good ball skills and body controls. I think he's a guy that can be used as a starting vertical slot receiver. He reminds me of Tyler Lockett, dynamic punt returner. Uh, punt returner you could use on manufactured touches. The same things we've talked about a couple of guys tonight, right? The play strength, physicality, those are all concerns showing that he cannot just be limited to the slot, even though I think that's probably going to be where he's asked to play at the next level. Uh, there's just a lot I like about Josh Downs. I actually even have him slightly ahead of Jordan Addison. I'm not sure that's going to be the consensus going into this college football year. Might not be for you either, Jeff. So I'm interested to kind of hear your thoughts on Josh Downs. Add anything else you like about his game, any other things that you're concerned about, uh, and just your overall thoughts on him. Well, I mean, I think from a, a refined skills perspective, I do like him over Jordan Addison right now. I think from a ceiling perspective and where they might become as prospects and, and you know, draft eligible players, you know, I would probably guess, project that Addison will go first. I think that, you know, the size and frame is one of those things where, um, it is a detriment to him. Um, he still plays tough. He still plays physical. Um, he's willing to fight guys, but you know, he, his small frame means he does get pushed off his desired path at times. Um, but you mentioned that athleticism, he's a sudden sharp mover. He uses pacing really well as well. Um, I would say like the, the, there was one little, um, knock on, you know, when I was watching through his film that, uh during the catch point he'd often leave his feet so he'd kind of like you know jump as he tracked and caught the ball um that kind of limits your ability to control your at the catch and post catch situation little sometimes that comes up whether you you know might you know get hit by a db and not be able to secure the football or you know limits your yak ability um those are little things that i think uh can be pretty cleaned up pretty well um but again he's he's a pretty dynamic mover um, it's really just the, uh, the size and frame concerns for me. Yeah. And 10 years ago, eight years ago, five years ago, guys like Downs, guys like Addison, they wouldn't be in the round one mix. I, it, most likely they wouldn't be. It's just right now. I feel like Devonta Smith, Henry Ruh, like there's just now the door is the, the opportunity for players of Addison and Downs size is just so different compared to where it was. I mean, a guy we've talked about at length this year, right? Wendell Robinson, you know, picked in like the mid forties, like the year before Kadarius Tony picked in the first round, Elijah Moore, early second round, like the, the profile of wide receivers, you know, has so dramatically changed in terms of now there's all shapes and sizes. And it's not a prerequisite to have good draft capital. If you're, 
180 pounds or 185 pounds or 175 pounds or Devonta Smith. Remember, like it was like a big thing. Could he get to 170, right? Or whatever it was at the combine or 180. You know, so the door is now open for guys, you know, that don't fit that old school profile. And I think it opens the door for guys like Downs and Addison to go a lot higher now than they would have uh, in the past for sure. Uh, expecting another monster year from Downs. Obviously, no Sam Howell there this year, so some transition in terms of the quarterback position there at UNC, but expect Downs to be a big part there uh, and put up another monster season. Let's keep this going and talk about Zay Flowers, a guy who I think many people thought was going to come out last year in the NFL draft. He heads back to Boston College for a senior year. He's five foot nine, 170 pounds. Uh, to me, is a complimentary to starting slot receiver, top three, four in a depth chart, little undersized. I think he's got good athleticism and speed, good to very good footwork, especially in his breaks in and out of his routes, good movement skills and separation quickness, good agility and change of direction skills and yak ability in the open field, good body control. I thought I was going to like his film a little bit more, though. I will say I, I did have some concerns about his game, and I didn't think he – Last year when I watched him, I thought his athleticism was more like higher end. And I thought this year, I just thought it was like good. And I think that could have been the reason why maybe he didn't come out last year because maybe he just didn't have, you know, maybe he just wanted to go back for, you know, finish out his, his degree. But I feel like he might've went back because the, you know, draft advisory board said, listen, you're probably a day free guy. And, and, and that's why he went back. I do have, more way more concerns about Zay Flowers than like Addison or Downs, who I think do have electric athleticism and explosiveness and suddenness. I think Flowers is a good slot receiver. I think that's kind of you know where I, I kind of profile him. Uh, he can get vertically at times. I just don't think that's going to be his calling card. I think it'd, it'd be more of just like being a good, uh, reliable slot receiver. Jeff, did you see Flowers a little bit differently? I, I, I like this film more last summer than I did this year for sure. Yeah, and I actually, I think that's kind of interesting. I did see it a little differently, and the game film that I watched was from 2020. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know that I saw um, quite the same level of skill at his release, just at what was sharp during his route running. It, it didn't seem, that's where I just thought there's tools, but refinement could be needed um, to really kind of pop out. And maybe it's sort of that athleticism not really popping on tape there as well maybe that's what i'm seeing here um what i had seen as far as where where he's functional and and it worked and he was able to you know win at the collegiate level was uh you know releases off the line of scrimmage um to win position to stack dbs and uh win vertically uh so i i don't he might be one of those who can maybe not they're not blazing speed but maybe he can win vertically similar how i was talking about with uh uh, Keishon Booty there, um, that you don't have to be the burner, um, to be able to win position and win a route down the field. Um, so that was something that showed up a few times on tape for me, um, that I liked, but I, I do think whether it's the athleticism or maybe just a little bit more refinement, you know, I think that's something that I'm looking for this year. Yeah. I, you know, I'm looking for, I think, some more explosive plays this year out of out of him too. I feel like when I watched his 2020 film, there was more explosive plays, and I thought that athleticism and speed were, was maybe not at the level of a guy like Jordan Addison or or Downs, but I thought it was more approximating them than I think it is now. Who 
I think he's athletic. I just think for a guy who's only 170 pounds, there's you need something that kind of stands out at that, right? We know you can play in the league at 170 pounds or 175 pounds, but you better have a calling card, whether it's your movement, make you make people miss your vertical speed. And I, I think right now I, I'm stuck on finding what is his thing that I know is going to translate the next level. He's good in college, but 170 pounds in the NFL at five, nine without that like calling card of a, of a trait that I think definitely translates is where I'm a little bit reserved about him entering the senior year. And I want to see him kind of get back to that guy who I thought was a little bit more explosive in 2020. And and then maybe I'd have less, um, you know, less reservations about him if I feel like he could be more of that vertical slot guy. And, you know, and, and, you know, we'll see if we see a little bit more of that. I know Jerkovic missed some time last year. That could be part of why he had a little bit of a down year. I don't love Jerkovic, the prospect, but he's a good college prospect and a good college quarterback. Uh, and he only played really in about four or five games last year. So that could be go hand in hand with Flowers, you know, not maybe living up to what the expectations I, I expected for him last year. So it'll be interesting to follow closely, especially if Jerkovic, uh, Jerkovic is healthy all year there. Let's keep this going. Next up is Tyler Harrell out of Alabama, formerly of Louisville. He's a redshirt junior, 6'1", 192 pounds. He only caught 18 passes last year for Louisville, but for 523 yards and six touchdowns. 18 catches, 523 yards. So average size, needs to add to his frame a little bit, but we're talking about a guy with great athleticism. I think the best long speed and elite speed of any receiver in this draft class Burst acceleration and explosion off the line of scrimmage to win vertically. Good body control and ball skills. Very good footwork and yak ability in the open field. I think he, we already talked about Burden being a star in Alabama. I think Tyler Harrell by week four is going to be a household name in college football. I'm not going to say and go out on a limb and say he's their next Jamison Williams transfer that just, you know, reaches, you know, epic heights. But I think Tyler Harrell is going to be a guy that you're going to see barely being talked about as a guy who catapults himself into top 100 type conversation because of his elite long speed and how well he's going to fit in there in Alabama, you know, with Bryce Young pushing the ball vertically down the field, which we know he's capable of. Jeff, any any questions, follow ups, you know, for a guy, another guy, limited production. You're on mute. Yeah, limited production. Someone I haven't gotten a chance to uh, watch myself either. Um, I guess my my only question then for for someone who's probably dug a little bit deeper on both these guys, uh, what do you think the and because there's a lot of unknown as they they've transferred in, what do you think the odds are? Like, what percent chance um, could uh, could Harrell potentially outproduce uh, Jermaine Burton? Is there any chance? I don't think he's going to outproduce him in terms of targets or or anything like that. But I do think he's going to produce, you know, a monster year in terms of yardage. I think a big plays, I think you're going to see. So I, I think it's going to be one of those instances where I don't remember off the top of my head. So I don't want to come across, but like, I feel like a couple of years ago, Henry Ruggs probably didn't lead them in any statistical categories with the other receivers that Alabama had there, but he just made more big plays than, than the other guys that were there. I think Harrell is going to kind of be in that case. He might not catch, 
80 or 90 passes. He's not going to be Jordan Addison or Josh Downs, but I, I could easily see 55 to 65 and they're going to be of big, big variety in terms of big plays. So I think you're going to see, there's going to be some weeks that he catches three passes and it's going to be like 130 yards and two touchdowns. Like I, I just think that's, that's where this is headed, especially because defenses are going to have to respect the more well-rounded game of burden, a guy who's going to be their alpha, probably their, their X guy. And then Harrell is going to be this guy with this blazing speed. And you're not really going to be able to double team him. Cause if you double team him, you know, then burden's going to eat you up on the other side, the Jacory Brooks. I mean, they're obviously loaded. Alabama always is, but Harrell, I think is going to end up getting a lot of single coverage and maybe not a shape, a safety kind of, you know, over the top. And I, I think when that happens with Bryce Young's, accuracy even though he doesn't have a monster arm i think you're going to see a lot of times where he just puts the ball where it needs to be and harrell's going to take it to the house right and and what that's going to do in terms of when that happens is really open up things underneath for the other receivers for the run game and i i think he's just going to be a huge weapon there uh and it might not turn into a you know really gaudy statistical number but the impact that he's going to have there and the amount of big plays you're going to see, I, I think is very lofty. So it, it's going to be fun to watch him because I think he's, he's well off the radar from people. And I, and I don't think that'll last very long. So let's keep this moving along. Uh, next up is Elijah Higgins out of Stanford. He's a senior. He's six foot three, 240 pounds. There's already been some talk about maybe a tight end move at the next level as a move tight end. Uh, but let's right now focus on him as a wide receiver. He's got very good size, rare frame in term for a wide receiver at 240. But for a guy his size, he has got really interesting athleticism. I would classify it somewhere as good to very good. He's got speed. He's got movement skills. Uh, Senior Bowl director put a, up a clip on on Twitter and had like the miles per hour of Higgins running like, and it was like one of those things that's just like freaky for a man his size to be able to move that quickly. And it's obvious in, in on some of the film as well. Very good play strength. Got the length, uh, catch radius, ability to high point and win contested catches. He uses his body well to create late separation. Shows good body control, ball skills, and hands. It'll be interesting. Depth to complementary wide receiver, move tight end as a pass catcher. I think there's a variety of ways this can play out for him transitioning at the next level. I think he's going to probably have a very good statistical year this year as maybe the lead guy of that Stanford offense. I, I struggle sometimes with bigger wide receivers, but he does have that. He does have surprisingly good athleticism. I just want to see more advancement in terms of his route tree, his releases off the line of scrimmage. If he is going to play wide receiver, uh, a tight end, can he, sh- what can he show in terms of his blocking capabilities? Can he only block, you know, way more undersized DBs on the outside? Cause I, I think he's shown that he can do a little bit of that at Stanford as a wide receiver uh, and handling more physical press. A guy, his size is going to have to win with his, with his physicality and toughness. There's not a lot of evidence yet of him consistently beating press. A- any follow-ups or questions for me on Higgins, uh, Jeff? No, and even being in my backyard, I I should be a little bit more familiar with him. But, uh, you know, it is kind of – it's an odd size and frame and what the NFL may or may not want to do with them. And they've been kind of – there's there's teams out there experimenting with these players and trying to find roles and fits there. And um, But one thing that 
you know, we know for sure is if you have a size and you have that speed athleticism combo, uh, teams will be willing to invest and a high end, higher pick than expected um, to try to get you, you know, in, in the offense somehow uh, similar to like, uh, you know, a Chase Claypool who didn't have this breakout production at Notre Dame, but, you know, comes through with that size speed combo. So I wonder if we're, you know, is there any, what's, what would be the absolute ceiling on, um, you know, Higgins draft stock? Yeah, I mean, I I would I'd find it hard pressed with th- just knowing this draft class already to see him crack the top one hundred picks. So I think we're talking more of like a day three guy around four, round five. Now, if he was to go to the tight end position, I think it's a pretty good tight end class too. I, I just think there would be so many uncertainties with that that I think he's a guy that you know unless he unless like his speed is like four four at like two hundred and forty pounds, you know, like I I think it, I think it'll be good for his size. You know, I think if it's four, five, two, and he's 240 pounds, well, that's a really good time. That's good athleticism. Um, so I, I think it, it'll matter on that. It'll matter on what the NFL might think about doing in terms of positionally. And I also think this year, if he shows more advancement in terms of route running his releases, they might be more inclined to keep him at wide receiver and think he can beat defensive backs at the next level. So let's get this moving along. Next up, we talked about his teammate before, Rakeem Jarrett out of Maryland, junior, six feet tall, 190 pounds. I think he's got capabilities to be a starting receiver at the next level. Average size and frame, very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, acceleration, explosiveness. He can get vertical as well. Shows really good yak ability, good separation quickness in and out of his breaks. I like his footwork, his route running. Uh, good body control, ball skills, and hands. It shows the ability to adjust high point and extend even at six feet, 190 pounds. I do have some questions about contested catches, handling physicality, and, and things like that. I think he's got to show a little bit more improvement in his releases off the line of scrimmage. But I think the ceiling is higher for Jarrett. It'd be interested in that Maryland offense like we talked about before. Jeff, any thoughts on Jarrett or any, any follow-up questions? Well, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, which games had a couple uh, of those uh, contested catch um, concerns. Because one thing that, you know, seemed to stand out when I watched his game uh, against Michigan State uh, was just how he attacked the ball away from his body. Uh, It just reminded me of NFL level receivers, guys like, you know, DJ Moore and Chris Godwin or, or even Jahan Dotson coming out, right? Just the way that they were able to attack the ball and then pull it in. Uh, it, it's just, it's usually a higher level of, um, you know, of refinement, um, you know, for hands than you typically see um, at the college level and, and really typical of, of pro wide receivers. So I, I don't know much about how the rest of his game could round out um, and, and form him form a prospect um, to where he'd be drafted. So that's, you know, where I need to dig in a little bit more this year. And again, you know, we, we you know, mentioned Damos too. Um, you know, so who's going to really kind of, is, is one of them going to kind of take the throne as the go-to guy? You know, that's something that, you know, I think with them both being skilled wide receivers will, will tell a lot to who's been developing their skills. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because when I look at Damos, I think outside receiver, 
where I think Jarrett, I think he's a vertical slot, but also can be that motion outside Z receiver as well. Uh, you know, it, how that offense plays out this year, like I'm going to be very invested in watching Maryland offense. Like that is not something I'm usually like, that's like, oh, let me make sure I set the DVR. Maryland's playing at 12 noon on a Saturday. You know, this year I'm going to be really intrigued to to watch that Maryland offense and and see them side by side, like playing this year. Like, who do I see more from this year? More development, more growth between these two players. Because I kind of put, you know, Demas on that round three, round four border. And I think Jarrett's on that late one, two border in terms of his talent and his upside. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to kind of see, you know, is there, do they come a little closer together or is there more separation this year or do they flip flop and, and Demas rises to be that round one, round two guy and Jared maybe falls back a little bit now with Demas fully healthy. You know, I think there's a lot of things that could kind of happen there uh, with, with these two guys. So it's going to be fun to kind of follow that closely. Let's keep this going. Next up, one of the other bigger names in the draft class. We've talked about a bunch of them already today. A couple more left. Quinton Johnson out of TCU. He's a junior. He's six foot four. He's 215 pounds. Uh, this is a guy who I think profiles as an outside X wide receiver. He reminds me a lot of T Higgins in terms of his frame, ball skills and body control. But I do think he has a little bit more straight vertical, you know, explosive long speed. He's got great size and frame, great athleticism, speed, burst, stride length, uh, Length, catch radius, ball skills, and body control. He showed the ability to high point the ball and adjust to win contested catches. He's got good play strength, contact balance, and physicality. You see it at the catch point and after the catch is an ability to break tackles and pick up yak. Obviously, similar to his uh, former running back, you know, uh, Evans, who now headed to Ole Miss, we just haven't seen Quinton Johnston get a large work share and a large target opportunity and, and put up that monster statistical year. So kind of like Jermaine Burden, there's a lot of projecting going on here, but he checks off so many boxes in terms of traits you want to see at the next level. Obviously there there's a significant amount of things I want to see growth and development from this year. And I think if we just see him get a much larger uh, target opportunity, we'll see whether or not he can show more route temple in his routes, show more refinement and more separation at the top of his routes, show a better understanding of route concepts, expanding his overall route tree. You know, that's kind of what I'm looking for here this year. Uh, Jeff, any, any traits or things that stood out that I didn't mention or any other things that you want you would like to see him, uh, it, you know, in terms of growth and development? Well, I, I mean, I, it'll be interesting. Um, cause I know he doesn't have that monster to statistical season, but you know, it, it'd be really curious, you know, for the people, the metrics people, the analytics people of, you know, what's his market share? Did he, you know, did he break out with market share? Um, even with like a lower production, just because the rest of the, you know, offensive players around him weren't all were doing not much either. Um, so I, I, I'll, that's something that I'll be, um, you know, listening to when, when they start going in and doing their analysis through, through draft season. Um, but for me, and and when I look at a player, like they clearly used him as, you know, their engine of the passing game. They, they especially when they needed a big play, um, you know, and, and there was a lot of refinement that I saw. I don't know if I would say T Higgins per se, because I think that, you know, there's a, I don't think he'll get, um, uh, sort of lumped into the, 
um, slow, tall, contested catch group because I think he does have enough athleticism um, to create more separation, to be able to, you know, win further down the field, be a little faster, be a little bit more of a yak weapon. Um, I think his, uh, his release off the line is pretty well developed. Um, I think when he's facing off coverage, he he's able to attack that cushion with really rapidly. He just eats up the, the yards between him and the DB very quickly stacks tracks the football really well. Um, and then again, I do think the the physicality, definitely a, a, an area of his game that I've noted as well. And I do think there's, you know, I'm sure there's development to reach an NFL level of his, of his route running, but I think he has shown uh, to me some well-timed breaks um, where he's able to create separation. I, I think my area of development, um, and I noticed this come up with a couple drops, um, you know, a couple missed big plays is his hands positioning. So being a little tighter, um, his underhand positioning, just reducing some of those drops uh, in critical moments. So a little bit of a of a technique there um, that, you know, again, I think that's a pretty workable uh, fix, but we'll see if that's uh, something that he improves upon, you know, in college first. Yeah, and I think I do think Johnston is one of those guys that the ceiling is sky high, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've already talked about Boutte. You know, we'll talk about Smith and the Jigba soon. You know, we talked about Addison and Downs. A guy like Quinton Johnston has is not nearly as refined yet as some as those two guys. Obviously, hasn't put the productive up, the production up like those guys. But if there's a guy who can push Boutte and Smith and the Jigba to be one of the top one or the second number one or number two wide receiver off the board. I think Johnston fits that profile. He's the guy that, you know, really is intriguing in terms of being that traditional X outside wide receiver that literally checks off every, you know, prototype that you want for him. And, you know, I started this off by saying, you know, there are certain things about his game that do remind me of T Higgins, but with the understanding that that's more at the catch point, that's more Mm -hmm. the ball skills, body control, his ability to finish at the catch point, his level of explosion and athleticism is more advanced. He's going to test out better than T Higgins for sure. He can probably do more after the catch than T Higgins for sure. Uh, but that it was that ball skills and body control that I just thought his ability to contort the body and, you know, win at that spot and create that late separation, you know, with that at the catch point athleticism, I thought was yeah. very reminiscent of, of T Higgins, who that's the reason why I like T Higgins. And I didn't think he kind of got stuck in that, you know, big ball guy, you know, you know, I thought there was a lot of athleticism at the catch point for a guy like T Higgins, even though his like time speed wasn't great. Johnson hat is going to have the time speed, but I think also I like him at the catch point very similarly uh, to T Higgins. So I think Johnson's a guy who could really make a move uh, right towards the top of the wide receiver ranks. Uh, yeah. One I, final thought yeah. there too. Um, you know, I, or just, you know, there's two guys that really jumped out at me when I, when I started going through, you know, these names, you know, one was Jermaine Burton and one was Quentin Johnson as guys that, you know, I think the, the development arc is going to be pretty high. And I think have a decent chance of passing someone like Addison and certainly passing someone like Downs as well. So those are guys that I would not be shocked if not only were they in that conversation 
with uh, Smith Najiba and Keishon Puti. But, you know, if we're sitting here in six months and talking about them as potentially the number one wide receiver in this class. Yeah, I, I, I think 100%. And it, and I love what you just brought up because I, I want to mention here because we, we've had some conversations with people, you know, on, on Twitter this week who asked, like, these shows, these rankings that I, I put out on Twitter, are they draft rankings? Are they Devi fantasy rankings? And, and a lot of it does blend, right? And I think the, the names that you just mentioned, right? Burden, Quinton Johnston. If you if somebody asked me, and I have my Debbie rankings, but if somebody tweeted me and said Debbie rankings, do you like Quinton Johnson and Jermaine Burden more, or do you like Jordan Addison and Josh Downs more? The answer is definitively, I want Quinton Johnston and Burden on my Debbie team before I want Addison and Josh Downs. But if you ask me to rank them just based on the film analysis and even what the NFL might think of them right now based on what they are, I have Downs and Addison ahead of those two guys because they are playmakers with big-time vertical speed. And what we've seen in Burden and, and, and Quinton Johnston is still a little bit limited, right? There's a lot we still need to see. But I do think they're if they hit their upside, which is what Debbie's really all about in terms of fantasy leagues, their ceiling is higher than Downs and, and Addison. So it, it, it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, we're mostly talking traits, film analysis, you know, what we think the NFL think, would think of these guys right now if they were going to have a draft tomorrow, uh, you know, is what we're kind of scouting here. But Debbie's more of like projecting like who has the highest ceiling for fantasy. Quinton Johnson and Burden are right at the top of the list after the two guys of Butte and Smith and the Jigba. So just wanted to kind of talk that out because I know that's been we've been talking about that a little bit on Twitter this week as well. Let's keep this going next up with another name that's long been talked about in the Debbie circles, and that is Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. He's a junior. He's 5'11", 180 pounds, a little bit of a down year last year for, I think, what people expected from him. He's undersized, similar to the guys we've talked about tonight, Gary Bryant and Addison Downs, but he's got very good athleticism, speed, acceleration, burst, and explosiveness. Mims can win vertically. We've seen it over his years at Oklahoma. He can be a dangerous weapon in terms of his yak ability as well. I like his body control and his ball skills with the ability to adjust. I see good footwork, hands, and separation quickness uh, in and out of his breaks. I would say his route running is probably average right now. Um, I think he's a complementary to starting wide receiver in three wide sets. I think he's more of a vertical slot who can place him outside Z and be that motion guy, but I like him best inside. Jeff, any thoughts on, on Mims? I feel like we've talked about a lot of guys who kind of fit the same prototype from Addison Downs to Gary Bryant to now Marvin Mims. They all basically are like the same measurements, right? 5'9 to 5'10 is where I'm sure all these guys are going to land, even though Mims is listed at 5'11. I'm sure he's probably 5'10. And they're all in that 175 to 180 pounds. And they all profile pretty similarly to what I think the NFL is going to view these guys, but they all obviously have different nuances to their games. What did you see with Mims? I think... The hardest thing for me there is, you know, when you have a guy who's, you know, five nine, five ten, one eighty, you usually see a lot more agility, suddenness, and you know, I don't think that was really jumping out on Mims tape to me, and and so whether that's um, limited ability there or whether it's just you know not as refined in his root deception like you had on your notes. Um, you know, I think we'll we'll learn that through testing and and whether he has that ability. But 
Um, that's one thing from the size perspective where, you know, it really just jumps off the page for a guy like Josh Downs, where it doesn't for a guy like Marvin Mims. But, you know, for a guy of his size and frame, I thought he had amazing body control, tracking ability, ability to adjust to downfield catches, um, great at the catch point. And so, you know, so I think, you know, that's not something that you, I think his, the way that he wins or in the way that he is winning right now on the college level is, is a little bit different than what I would have expected, you know, from his measurements profile. And I think those players are actually some of the most interesting to watch how, you know, how their transition to the NFL pans out, right? Because sometimes the NFL gets stuck in profiles, um, you know, and, and kind of slots, you know, sees, sees them and their measurements and says, you know, you're a square peg, you know, and they try to, you know, put them in a square, you know, square hole, but you know, they're, they're different than that. They're more, they're, they have a different dimension, a different way that they win. So that's just one thing that, you know, I'll be following following through and, and, you know, it'll be a really interesting um, profile for, for draft day. Yeah. And, and listen, I think the one thing that sometimes, you know, people struggle with is winning at the catch point or winning vertically down the field comes in two different ways, right? There could be guys that are really athletic that show that ability with really good body control, with the ability to adjust. And that's different than a guy winning with like play strength, physicality and toughness when he just like out muscles somebody. Right. So like, I think Mims would struggle in that sec in the latter part there. Right. He's not going to be a guy that has much physicality, play strength and toughness to win a contested catch in that situation. But if he has the opportunity, I, I think as he's like moving, you know, and then make that show that ability to adjust in air or, or you know, contort his body. That's like how he's going to win vertically down the field. And it, it, you're right. We don't usually see guys with his size frame doing some of those things, which is which is interesting. And it makes him a little bit different, different than some of the other guys we talked about, um, you know, earlier who have that same, you know, body structure type frame, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we'll see with Oklahoma this year, right? Last year was a weird year for Oklahoma. We thought Spencer Rattler was going to have this monster year, and that was going to translate to Mims. Then he, you know, he battled inconsistency. Then Caleb Williams took over. Mims didn't really have that monster year that we all expected. We'll see if if that can kind of come this year. Let's keep this going. Uh, next up is At Perry out of Wake Forest, uh, six foot four, two hundred three pounds. Great size, average frame, good athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration to win vertically. Very good ball skills and body control with the ability to adjust and high point the football. I see good footwork and hands with above average releases, route running, and separation quickness. This is a guy that was not on my radar, but when I watched him, I came away thinking he is a complimentary wide receiver with the upside to maybe even develop into a starter down the line. Uh, I think he can be a traditional outside X receiver. I would I would definitely put him in that like early date remix, but a guy who would be intriguing to NFL teams. 
Uh, I want to see this year some some growth and development from him in terms of handling press and showing a little bit more in terms of elusiveness and agility in the open field. I think he's okay in terms of his yak ability, but it's more like using like his play strength or like straight line speed than it is like making people miss in the open field. Uh, you're, you're not going to see that too much, or we haven't seen that too much uh, from the film that is on there. Any follow-ups or questions about Perry? I, I know he's a guy uh, that's not been on many people's radars because he, he was brought to my attention very late uh, in the summer. And, and then I, I watched him and, and did come away pretty impressed. Yeah, just give me one more minute to uh, squeeze his name in between and put a little star on it to come back to him. So, <laughs> Yeah, and listen, and he, you know, I, I will say, like, you know, we sometimes, uh, you know, struggle to get just, you know, the game film that we want on all of these guys. And then, you know, sometimes there's a lot, sometimes there's very little, sometimes, you know, we have to overly rely on, you know, clips and highlights and stuff like that. I will say though, anytime it's an ACC player, the ACC YouTube channel does a really good job of putting together like a solid, like 10 to 12 minute video on the player that at least gets you to see their areas of where they win it doesn't really help you in terms of like seeing some of their things that, you know, are, are things that you want to see a lot of growth and development on. But, but that is one thing I've noticed that ACC players, uh, their, their ACC uh, YouTube channel does a really good job of, of piecing together almost every single one of their catches jammed into like a video that it really at least gives the ability to see the different ways they win uh, and, and see their best plays, at least during the season to, to kind of get a feel for what type of player they are. Uh, so anytime I see an ACC college, I get kind of excited knowing there's at least going to be that at our, you know, at our, uh, you know, ability to watch that and then, and then hopefully find some, you know, full uh, film on them as well to kind of see a, a full game or two uh, to, to get our best read on them. Uh, but I was looking for those ACC guys. Uh, keep this going. Uh, next up out of Michigan state is Jaden Reed. He's a senior. He's five foot 11, <clears throat> 187 pounds. That's year, He went over a thousand yards on only 59 catches. Really impressive year. Double digit touchdowns as well. A little undersized there at 187. We'll see if that five eleven is a little generous or not, or it's a, it's a real five uh, eleven. Uh, but the athleticism is good to very good. He shows good speed, burst and acceleration. He's got very good footwork, very good short area quickness, uh, yak ability. He shows agility and elusiveness in the open field to make people miss. Good route runner, shows ball skills and body control. I think he's a complimentary receiver with the upside to be top three on a depth chart due to his big play ability and his kick and punt returning skills. I mean, we just serve Ailish Jones going the third round, and, and Jaden Reed is a guy who's a much more refined receiver than, than a guy like Valus Jones is, but he's got that dynamic return ability as well. So I think the NFL is going to be really intrigued with a guy like Jaden Reed. Obviously, the, the frame, the size, play strength, tough uh, physicality, beating press, those are all you know valid concerns. But we've talked enough. Like He's not 175, 180. He's at least got a little bit more to his frame, uh, and he's already shown the ability to be an explosive playmaker in terms of his return skills and winning vertically down the field. So I think he's going to be a guy that generates a lot of buzz this year. Uh, you know, last year, I'm not saying he's going to have Kenneth Walker type buzz, but we saw Kenneth Walker last year, Michigan state really generate a lot of buzz. I think, I think Jaden Reed's going to have some level of buzz to his name. That's not being talked a lot about right now. Uh, but that definitely is a guy that I think people 
are going to be more familiar with uh, by the time next year's draft season rolls around. Jeff, any, any questions, follow-ups on Reed? Uh, you know, I know we're talking about some guys that have not been guys that have been on the Debbie radar much over the last couple of years, but, but I think they're going to be names that people are really going to want to get familiar with this year. Well, yeah. I mean, I think as soon as uh, we really get into the the week to week shows, we're going to be able to profile these guys as they, uh, you know, as they emerge. Um, no, no questions on, uh, on Reed here, but uh, you know, we can go off to uh, our next player uh Rasheed Rice so he's out of SMU he's a senior he's 61203 um why don't you go through his profile Paul yeah so he had, he had a productive year last year for SMU i think he's a complimentary receiver maybe he can eventually become a vertical slot and play in three wide sets or or four wide sets he can probably be that outside z motion receiver as well but i like him best in the slot he's got average size and frame but really good to very good athleticism speed bursts he shows explosiveness. I think he's a really good route runner for a guy playing at SMU. Again, the level of competition is something that we don't have control over, but I see route running capabilities to his game. I like his footwork. He shows good separation quickness. He's got yak ability and elusiveness in the open field. I see ball skills. I see body control, the ability to adjust. You know, I want to see a little bit more diverse of a route tree. I think that's important for a guy coming from SMU. Uh, you know, I want to see that. I think the scheme at SMU does create a lot of wide open passing lanes and a lot of production at times. He can't do anything about that. Uh, you know, but, but I do think it's something to make note of. And I didn't get a lot of, or, or much of any in terms of him handling, you know, more physical press style coverage. So that's something I'll be looking for this year, but, but there are things to his game that I like. Uh, and I do think he does have a little bit more, obviously size to his game at two Oh three, to be a guy that doesn't just profile as a slot receiver, he could maybe handle the rigors of outside a little bit and not be concerned, you know, about it. So I think that's something that, you know, I think, I think he could be a guy somewhere maybe in the early day remix, you know, where, you know, last year we dug guys like Danny Gray might fall to, to round four and he ended up going around three. I think, I think a guy like Rice could, I don't think he's got the straight line, you know, Burst is a guy like Danny Gray, but I, but I do think, you know, I, similarly to Gray, he could be a guy that warrants our draft attention a lot more, you know, by the time April of next year rolls around than, than we're currently giving him right now. So let's keep this moving to one of my favorite prospects and a guy that I've been talking about a lot. I thought he was going to come out last year, and that is Aeneas Smith out of Texas A&M. He's a senior. He's five foot ten. He's 194 pounds. Uh, to me, right off the bat, he, his movement skills remind me of Kadarius Tony with the ball in his hands after the catch or in space. He might not have as much juke ability as Kadarius Tony, but I think it's I think it's pretty you know special in his own right. He's an electric kick and punt returner. He's undersized a little bit, but he's got very good athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. I already said I think he's going to be the best mover in terms of his movement skills. He's, he shows really good suddenness, change of direction skills, agility, elusiveness, and yak ability. Very good separation quickness with above average route running. He's got versatility to impact the game as a receiver, rusher, and a returner. And I think for a guy who 5'10", 194, the other comparison to Kadarius Tony is, I thought Kadarius Tony had pretty <clears throat> functional play strength and contact balance that aided to his 
quickness and movement skills and make you miss ability. I think Aeneas Smith has that same type of capabilities uh, as Kadarius Tony is that like, yeah, it's not his calling card, but if you combine the play strength and contact balance with the athleticism and movement capabilities, it really has me intrigued because I think he's going to be very hard to take down. Uh, obviously, you want to see some areas to improve his route running, refinement, expand his overall route tree, uh, things that I want to see him work. But, but I think him, and we know it, how much I like uh, Devon A-Chain, Texas A&M, I think he's going to have an explosive offense this year. And I think we're going to see statistical years out of Smith and A-Chain that really make both those guys uh, really intriguing by the time next April rolls around. Jeff, any, any thoughts on Smith, what you liked about him, areas where you want to see him maybe, you know, work on and improve this year uh, to be a guy that maybe warrants going, you know, in the top 100 next year, be a day two type guy. Uh, is there something you specifically want to see from him? So I got the pleasure of watching, uh, you know, watching him be an uh, integral element of beating Alabama. Um, and yeah, what jumped out was that suddenness, you know, the, the separation quickness, um, suddenness in his breaks. Um, and I did also note, like, I think he plays pretty physically. Um, so even, even with his size and frame, you know, I think that physicality will aid him in his game. Um, and just from, you know, uh, not just, uh, you know, we're talking about Kadarius Tony and we're talking about these, okay, dynamic weapons, right. But, um, NFL teams are going to still want to come see them be receivers. And, you know, I think that was something that actually stood out as far as, um, you know, he's able, he, he has an understanding of attacking the leverage of a DB so that, you know, when he does make his break, he's wide open, he's serving, he's serving his quarterback well. Um, so that route running is, is not just physical tools, but also I think intellectual tools of understanding, you know, how to, you know, put a defender in a bind and, and even just situational awareness of like working back to his quarterback and, you know, helping out on, you know, broken plays and scrambles. So, you know, I think there's elements there that, you know, profile as even just less of sort of those weapons like, uh, you know, Tony or, uh, you know, Wandale. And, you know, we'll see what they become as far as, you know, receivers and, you know, for the Giants. But um, but I think that there's uh, elements there in Smith's game that I wouldn't um, I would push back on anybody who kind of considers him um, sort of just a specialist. Yeah, and the thing about it is we've already seen that guys who are deemed specialists, I hate using the word gadgets, I heard Greg Cosell coin something called package players, right? And mm -hmm. I like that better than gadget because gadgets yeah. got like this negative connotation, kind of like game manager. And 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 I, I don't even think Smith falls in that as a package player, right? Valish mm -hmm. Jones was drafted as a package player. You know, Wendell Robinson might be deemed a package player, but I think they have large plans in that package for a guy like Wendell. But like, so we already see guys who are even deemed package players in that roles be worthy of day two draft capital. I think Smith's already even more advanced than some of those package style players. So I think, you know, I'm surprised when I, when I kind of gathered what was out there that he is where he is in people's ranks. Uh, I'm going to be surprised if he doesn't move up the boards, if he has as good a year as I think he could this year. Uh, because I think he's a guy that everything I've seen about him 
kind of screams out, this is kind of the guy that NFL teams are gravitating towards, the versatility that he offers, uh, the big playability, the suddenness. Like, teams seem to want these guys. Uh, so I'm going to be interested to kind of see his kind of draft stock as the year goes on and, and then obviously the pre-draft process. But Smith is a guy I feel like we're going to be talking a lot about during the in-season shows for sure. Let's take this to the next guy arguably the consensus 1A or 1B in the receiver group, and that is Jackson Smith and the Jigba out of Ohio State. He's a junior. He's six feet tall, 200 pounds. The gaudy statistics of 95 catches for 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns. Average size and frame. I think the long speed is only average, but I think he's got very good to great overall athleticism, movement skills, short area bursts and separation quickness. Uh, great footwork, change of direction skills, yak ability, elusiveness and agility in the open field. I think he's a great route runner, varies his route tempo well, releases and understanding of route concepts are there. I think he shows great body control, hands and ball skills with the ability to adjust. I think the only thing, the only questions I have about is, is he only lined up in the slot? So I want to see him be a little bit more versatile lining up outside. I don't think he has that game-breaking vertical speed that he's going to be a guy that, you know, you see having a lot of 50 or 60-yard explosive plays in that regards. And we just haven't seen a lot first press. When I was trying to come up with a guy who I thought he reminded me of, I thought he reminds me of, to me, he's the college version of Cooper Cup when I watched him hmm. play. Because yeah. I don't think Cooper Cup has got this elite speed. He doesn't, but he's, but he's a great athlete. He's a great mover. He's got great quickness. He's a great route runner. To me, Smith and the Jigba is right now, I think the college version of what Cooper Cup is became an elite, elite NFL receiver without game breaking speed. That's kind of where I am with Smith and the Jigba. Jeff, what do you see from him? Is there anything that kind of raised the red flag a little bit that, that you're like, okay, I kind of want to see this. I mean, listen, part of it is we just might not have answers. Ohio state is just never yeah. really never. Their scheme just is so amazing at creating yeah. things that there are things that we're just never really going to see. If you mentioned, if you, I didn't mention contested catches because I'm not really sure how he is in contested <laughs> catches, you know, that's yeah. just part of it. So like I, I don't put things in here if I just never had a, you know the ability to see. I don't know if it's a concern. I don't know if it's a strength. I don't know where it is, but that's partly that Ohio State scheme. I'm not sure we're going to get answers in that regards. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, I think uh, you're right. I, I don't know. The one thing I see from Cooper Cup that, you know, would be that I don't see from Smith Nijukba right now is um, just the absolute ankle-breaking man one-on-one you know, beating, you know, route running, not, not to say he's a bad route runner. I, I actually have, you know, a skilled manipulator with suddenness, speed and hands, you know? So I, what you saw is you just saw him absolutely demolish zone coverage. Um, you talk about the OSU scheme, like um, I, you know, they had players like Olave who could, and, and Wilson who could just, you know, win one-on-one um, against man coverage so, you know, Najigma's there, you know, out of the slot, just fine. He's very good awareness to find the space, you know, in the zone and position himself for yards after the catch. He just eats up open field, um, you know, space. And so, um, so that's why, I mean, that's why you saw such gaudy stats is, you know, he's, he, you know, he's 
got an understanding of the spatial elements of the defense and of the field. Um, yeah, it, there, there are some questions like, you know, some people have said he's the best wide receiver or was the best wide receiver on, you know, Ohio state's roster last year. And I think he was the third best wide receiver on Ohio state's roster last year. I, you know, that doesn't mean he can't, you know, rise to the occasion um, and be drafted higher than them and, and maybe be a better NFL wide receiver, you know, especially, you know, with the way the NFL is able to use, you know, receivers with his skill set and talents. But like you said, we've seen him in the slot. What's he going, you know, what is he going to do with his game this year? How is it going to evolve and develop? Like that's a big storyline and question. If it does, you know, develop to be, you know, on all three positions wide receiver, I, I mean, then I think he's pretty clearly the top player in the class. If it doesn't, I mean, there's still guys like Kayshawn Booty. And, you know, I still think guys like Burton and guys like uh, Quinton Johnston have the ability um, to potentially be drafted earlier because of what they bring, you know, on the outside. So it's it just kind of a question for um, how he's going to be used this year. And, you know, fortunately, with as sort of boring as uh, <laughs> Ohio State is, because they're always so good, that's a great storyline for us to be able to watch through the season. Yeah, and <clears throat> and I do think he's going to get an opportunity this year, right? I mean, without Olave, you know, and without Garrett Wilson there, I know they're loaded at wide receiver, as they always are, but he's going to, I think, get an opportunity to play a variety of positions this year. And I think it'll allow us to see him a little bit more versus press. It'll allow us to see him a little bit versus man coverage, more versus man coverage that, than we've seen. And I think it'll answer some of those. But I do think this is probably trending Similar to this year, how the the wide receivers kind of all grouped together, right? Starting with Drake London, you know, right through, you know, uh, Jahan Dotson there, and we saw you know rapid fire, you know, wide receivers coming off the board. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that it might be all that different this year, like next year. I think we could see you know Smith and the Jigba and Boutte and Quinton Johnston and Jermaine Burden and maybe throwing one of those other guys like Addison or Downs that could be next year's like Jahan Dotson or whatever. I think we could see five of those guys or six of you know six guys go in like a short span in, in round one again because we know teams are looking for playmakers. We know teams are craving them. I think it'll be interesting to see if Smith and the Jigba or Boutte can kind of separate themselves to be in that top five mix or top 10 mix. Like we saw Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase and even Devonta Smith, like go in that range where they separated themselves the previous year. Can any of these wide receivers this year do that? I don't think it's as clear cut as maybe people think that Smith Najigba is so far ahead of a guy like Jermaine Burden or Quinton Johnson. I think that's where it, they might be a little bit closer already and then we'll see how this kind of year plays itself out. Uh, and it could just be a, this team is looking for this and this team is looking for that. Yeah. And, you know, that's how things like Henry Ruggs go ahead of, you know, Jerry Judy or, or CD lamb. And, you know, we see, we see teams looking for certain profiles and certain types that, that really can, you know, drive the narrative a little bit as well, not just the best pure football player. So, I mean, that's what this. happens yeah. when you roll like three touchdowns on the national championship you know, playoff <laughs> stage, you know, you're, you're going, that's, what's going to be in people's minds. You know, I think, um, you know, everybody's really excited about this 2023 class and, and maybe, 
you know, I think I'd expect, um, you know, for them to come off more like the uh, 2020, 2020, uh, yeah, the 2020 year where, um, or 2021 year where, you know, we saw a few more come through on, you know, like the twenties to thirties range, you know, like as like a big group of players, at least right now, um, versus, you know, a cluster of five in the top 15. Yeah, that's very possible, especially with a stronger class. Listen, if we're going to have four or five quarterbacks go in the top 10, and I'm not saying we definitely will, but if that ever was to happen, that, that doesn't leave the window for four or five wide receivers in the top 16 either, which then means they're going to get pushed into that little latter part of round one like you talked about. You know, so it's also a very good pass rusher draft next year. So there's a, there's a lot of things that could drive the narrative in terms of where these wide receivers come off the board. Three guys left. Let's go. I'm going to try to go through a little bit quicker to round this out. Next up is Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. He's a redshirt senior. He's 6'3", 214 pounds. Put together a really good season last year, especially the second half. 64 catches, almost 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. I think he's got the capability to be an outside X receiver and eventually develop into a starting wide receiver in three wide sets, so complementary to starting receiver. I think he's got very good size and frame, good athleticism with average to above average speed and acceleration. I love the body control, ball skills, length, his usage of hand in his routes, uh, and the hands at the catch point. He shows the ability to adjust, extend, high point to win at contested catches. Very good to great play strength and physicality to create that late separation that I've talked about a couple times today. And you know, and uses that to win the game he put up against, I think it was Alabama last year. Really impressive. Uh, Tillman is a guy like uh, Dante Demis, who we talked about earlier, who I'm really intrigued with. I think these guys are guys that are, that maybe are in that like round three, round four mix, but could see them really cement themselves as day two type prospects this year. I think Tillman and and Demis are two of those guys. Uh, I like both their games a lot. Tillman really you know, put forward some really good tape last year, especially versus the opponents he was going up against. And obviously Tennessee, not a juggernaut in terms of their team. And he still was the focal point of their pass offense and put up a really strong year last year. Excited to see what Tillman does as a follow-up this year. Jeff, any any thoughts on Tillman or any questions uh, for me about Tillman? No, I think these are, these are players that we're going to go through um... – during the year and be able to hit in better depth. So why don't we, since we're running quite long, go ahead and rapid fire through the next couple players. Um, and when we could break down where they land in our, our expectations for ranks. Yeah. So next up is Parker Washington. Now he is pretty high in some rankings that are out there. He's out of Penn state. He's a junior. He's five foot 10, 210 pounds, uh, little undersized, but a very good frame, right? That 5'10", 210, that's not a profile you see too often. He's got really good play strength, physicality, and toughness. Average athleticism and speed, but he's got he's good to very good route runner, understanding of route concepts, uh, footwork, yak ability, agility, ball skills, and body control with the ability to adjust. Complementary to starting wide receiver in three wide sets. To me, he's a slot wide receiver who has the frame to play some outside uh, Z position as well. Not Mostly is lined up in the slot, has not shown much outside yet. I don't think he's got the ability to win vertically down the field. The guy he kind of reminded me of, and, and this is a compliment to him, not a knock, is there's a lot of Jarvis Landry to his game from his size frame, from his stylistically how he plays, uh, the level of concerns or developmental areas. I don't know if he's going to change that too much. He's just a really good football player 
who I think is just more of a gamer and a footballer, a, a good football player than a guy who's going to test out great. We started out with Jarvis Landry way back when. I could see that with Parker Washington. I don't think he's going to – there's certain things. He probably will do to change the direction stuff pretty good, but he's not going to be a guy that, that runs fast. That's just not his game, and some people are going to knock him for it. But I do think he could be a really good slot receiver at the next level. I don't have him as high as like some people. I don't have him on that Downs or Addison or even close to them because those guys, while they're slot receivers, have that vertical ability and that big play ability. <clears throat> to me, Washington is not that, but he's – a guy who could just be a really reliable guy uh, and win with that play strength, toughness, and physicality. And I think this year, you know, we'll see him have a really productive year for Penn State. Uh, kind of intrigued by Washington. Uh, some people have him a lot higher. So maybe there's something I'm missing about him. So he's a guy I'm definitely going to be excited during the season to hear your takes and hopefully Matt's takes on Washington, some of our guest takes uh to, to see if somebody sees him a little bit differently that than maybe I saw because I thought the athleticism and speed were just average at best and not a lot in terms of his ability to win vertically. Uh but maybe there's some things I missed about his game. So interested to kind of to see where this plays out. Jeff, anything with Washington, a follow up or anything to uh you know, because he is a guy that's been pretty high. He's a guy that's that's pretty well known in the Debbie world as well. Well we haven't really you know said this much for any of these wide receivers. Um, but we said it a lot for the running backs as, uh, you know, there's, this is now their opportunity to seize, right? It's pretty hard to outshine what Jahan Dotson did last year. Um, and so, you know, in this case, you know, he's got the ability to step up and be, you know, the engine of the the passing game there for them. So um, that's probably the first step for him to take and, you know, and then he can build on, uh, up his draft resume from there. Yeah, I, it's going to be exciting to see. So let's close this out. Last player tonight we're going to talk about, and that's 20, is Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia. He's a redshirt junior. He's 6'2", 202 pounds. Last year, 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns on 57 catches. I think he's a complimentary receiver. Maybe got the upside to be top three, top four in a depth chart. He actually reminds me a little bit of Romeo Dobbs, who right now obviously is the talk uh, of Packers camp and of the fantasy world. He's got good size, average frame. The athleticism is average in the long speed, but he's got very good ball skills, body control. He's got good length. He's got the catch radius with the ability to high point and adjust to win contested catches. I think he's got good play strength. He's a good route runner, and he creates that late separation to win vertically down the field. A lot of his game, it's, a lot of this write-up was very similar to what I thought about Dobbs last summer when I watched him. And then I think people were really down on Dobbs during the year, I thought, because the lack of speed and, and stuff like that. And then we saw him, his draft stock, not nearly be as hurt as I think people thought it was, you know, by getting that round four draft capital. I think Wicks is a guy that, stylistically and in terms of his strengths and, and concerning areas, he plays very similar to what Romeo Dobbs did for Nevada at his time in college. And I'm interested to kind of see uh, what the NFL thinks of Wicks. I think he could be a guy that could play either position on the outside, be an early day free pick. Uh, and I don't think he's getting talked a lot about, you know, in the draft Twitter or the Debbie community. And he could be an interesting name that, that we got to have on our radar. So there it is, Jeff. Any thoughts on Wicks or any any final uh, follow up question before I share my ranks? Why don't we go right into the ranks? Um... Yeah. So, guys, we talked about twenty guys today. 
They do make up my top 20. There's another eight guys in the notebook. So 28 in detailed profiles that, you know, there's eight additional ones of eight additional guys that we didn't even talk about. And some really interesting names, especially guys who were once upon a time really thought of as, as guys in the, the Debbie community that I'm really excited to look at this year. Uh, Jadon Hasselwood is transferring uh, to Arkansas. Brew McCoy is transferred from USC to Tennessee. Uh, Joseph Nagata, can he rebound this year in Clemson? Jacob Cowing is transferring from UTEP to Arizona. Don't forget that name. Really intriguing player, uh, Jacob Cowing. And then Dio Weiss uh, in Oklahoma, another guy there with Marvin Mims. Can he bounce back after a subpar year last year from expectations? So those guys didn't even make my top 20. That's why I didn't get into them tonight as well. Uh, those guys kind of got to rebound their their draft stock a little bit. But where my where my my ranks are right now, I have Jackson Smith and the Jigba up at number one. I have Keishan Boutte at number two. I have Josh Downs at three. Jordan Addison fourth. Quinton Johnston fifth. Jermaine Burden sixth. Raheem Jarrett seventh. Aeneas Smith eighth. Marvin Mims ninth. Gary Bryant tenth. Tyler Harrell eleventh. Parker Washington twelve. Cedric Tillman thirteen. Dante Demas Jr. at 14, A.T. Perry at 15, followed by Jaden Reed at 16, Rishi Rice at 17, Zay Flowers at 18, Elijah Higgins at 19, and Dontavian Wicks at 20. Guys who I can think make the biggest jumps up this year. I've read, I already mentioned it earlier. Quinton Johnson, Jermaine Burden could catapult themselves right above Downs and Addison and be in that top four mix with Smith, Najibba, and Boutte. Aeneas Smith is a guy who I think can move up a little bit. I don't know if there's much room to maybe get into that top tier, but I think I think he can move up a little bit. Uh, and Tyler Harrell is a guy who I almost expect to move up a little bit as this year goes on. Uh, and guys like Gary Bryant maybe going the other way a little bit based on his usage at USC this upcoming year. Jeff, any any thoughts on either my ranks or any top of your ranks maybe that you want to share? You know, I know you just kind of started digging in. Well, no, it's it's it looks pretty pretty close, and you know, mostly from a tier based perspective. You know, I think you've kind of got the you know top two, and just behind them the next four guys, and um, some really interesting names right after that. Right, the Maryland guys, Aeneas Smith, Marvin Mims. Um, I think that was that'd be the one thing that uh, I'd highlight as as another potential. Um, player to just keep an eye on because I, I mentioned he could be potentially the better Maryland wide receiver is Demis Jr. Um, sitting there at number 14. I think he could be a riser as well just based on, you know, some of the um, some of the basics that he put down, you know, on his tape for me um, if he's able to develop that more as the go-to guy there. Yeah, it's going to be a fun class. I mean, Right now, my thoughts are that this offensive skill position group as a whole, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, is as exciting a group collectively in the summer as I remember scouting. You know, there's just so many guys that I think warrant top 100 consideration, round one, round two consideration, that, you know, guys who I would have thought would have been locks in my top 20, like Joseph Nagata still, you know, makes it false number 21 on my ranks right so many guys even guys that people were asking me about certain players at the 
running back position or the quarterback position that that we didn't even talk about on the pods. And that's because there's a lot of guys on the watch list for these guys that, you know, that we haven't even gotten around to yet that I think, you know, could really emerge this year. So it's going to be fun to talk about these guys throughout the year, do some deep dives, revisit a lot of these names we talked about constantly from a week to week perspective. And then obviously at the end of the year, summing it all up, it's going to be fun. Looking forward to the ride here with college football now fully, you know, uh, off and running uh, as we are approaching the real opening, which I always will consider that Labor Day weekend. Uh, But obviously we have some games uh, to get excited about, you know, in that initial kickoff week or week zero or whatever you want to call it uh, as well. So on behalf of Jeff, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.